Hello, and welcome to Tiny Marketing. I'm Sarah Noah and I teach small marketing departments that are tired of feeling overwhelmed and under-resourced how to build and manage effective and efficient marketing strategies that work for them. Get ready, it's time to dig in and get a big impact with your tiny team. Hey, hello. Thanks for joining me today. Can you introduce your topic and yourself to everybody? Of course. Again, Michelle Tresmer with the T Group Marketing Method. And I teach B2B marketing teams, you know, how to be more effective and streamline everything that they're doing. So kind of like a digital nerd coach, you know, everyone needs that super nerdy tech friend. That would be me. And today's topic, um, it's something I get asked about a lot. And I see as a, a problem with marketing teams. If you found yourself kind of rushing and everything's a priority, you don't have a list of things to do that quarter, it gets really haphazard. And Sarah, I know you've seen this happen a million times, right? Yes. Uh, So I've come up with a super simple system of what to do with your team every quarter. And it just helps move the needle forward a little bit. And I have to admit, I just started reading Atomic Habits, which is amazing. And he talks about that 1% improvement. And this gets you there, right? It's let's just keep moving forward a little bit every quarter. Yes, I love this concept. And after we had our previous, we recorded our previous live stream, you were telling me about this presentation that you had. I'm like, you have to come on again. We have to talk about this. (laughs) Yes, you're going to laugh at how simple it seems, yet no one does it. No one makes the time to actually plan out what they're going to do every quarter. Yeah, I cannot wait to look at this. Normally, people are planning things out annually, and then it kind of falls apart and people start just doing things ad hoc and lose their momentum. So it's a great way to stay focused. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shall I jump right in? Yeah, let's dig into it. Okay. Um, So everyone knows what plan is. But like Sarah mentioned, if you don't have one, these are the symptoms that I see all the time. In most of my experience, it is like Sarah, B2B right? Small Mm -hmm. marketing teams, B2B, that easily sidetracked. This is if another department says, hey, marketing team, can you do ABC? Or we need new sales collateral. You have no power to push back. You don't have a plan. Say, nope, it's not in queue this quarter. No power, right? right? Then there's the shiny object syndrome. I often see board of director members or the CEO saying, hey, my neighbor is on TikTok now. Why aren't we there? We should go get on there. And then all of a sudden, three months have gone by and your entire team was sideline to do TikTok, which has nothing to do with your strategy, right? The shiny object. Yeah, that's completely true. I've seen that a million times where it's like, everyone's doing this. Let's do this. <laughs> right. No reason, no strategy, just yeah. it seems cool. And it's hard also as marketers, because if you're in marketing these days, you probably love the tech. So sometimes it's hard for me to say no, because I want to try the new thing. Yeah, it's fun to test new things, but you have to kind of have an idea of who the audience is that's on that thing to see if it's appropriate for you. Right, right. (laughs) The next one, everything is a high priority. And this is, you know, to quote Incredibles, if everybody's special, no one is. If you do not have a priority list, how do you even know where to focus? You're just going to do the fun stuff. It's human nature, right? Mm-hmm. And then the last one, the morale gets really dicey. And this happens over time. But if you've got a marketing team running with no plan whatsoever, and everything's just kind of urgent and high priority, there's burnout. 
There's no sense of accomplishment. You can't look back and say, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff we did because nothing is documented. Right. Yeah. So Sarah, I'm sure you see high turnover as well, especially in marketing. Like I'm seeing like maybe a year and a half, two years at best. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the same thing where you feel like I haven't, <laughs> I haven't accomplished what I want to accomplish. Yes. And it's, it's not, it's because we're not, you know, focusing on that thing long enough. Absolutely. So on the opposite of that, if you have a plan, obviously you get to stay super focused. You can push back on bosses. I'm going to call them out on this one that want, want that sh- something shiny, right? You can say, no, no, we agreed. Here's our plan. Would you like to take one of these high priority items off the plan in order to do that shiny object? And they usually say, oh, no, no, stay the course, right? The priorities are super clear every day. You know what you need to be working on. And then, of course, you know, the last one, you actually get to track what you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like not that big of a deal. It really is when you're talking about the morale of a department. Yes, yes. And the people higher up, they want to see those reports. They want to see what you've accomplished. Yes. You have to be doing it long enough to actually get analytics on that and see if it makes sense for you to continue doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So here's my... I always use this one. The big caveat when you're doing planning, it's tempting to go from you know like a specific campaign you want to run out. But I like to start with the toolbox. So as marketers, these are all of our digital tools. There's eight of them, seven on the outside that all point to your website in the middle. These are the tools we have to work with. So the question isn't, okay, this quarter, how do we use social media? How do we use email? The question is, for our target market, what is the best usage of all of these tools to reach our objective? So you put that customer first, and then you pick the tools to reach them the most efficient way. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. No one ever does it that way. They all go into their silo mode, right? Yeah. All right. So here's, you know, simplified version. I'm going to call this lady B2B Barbara. Okay. So I just put this up here as a reminder. You should always have this handy. Like I like to keep a printout on my desk of all of our ideal customers just so I remember, okay, what are they really dealing with? And is this the right message or right tool to reach them effectively? Okay. So before you start your quarterly planning, make sure you're clear on this. Review it as a team. Seems really straightforward, right? It does. I still like it though. (laughs) (laughs) Simplified version for sure. But you get the point. Okay. So hey, look, it's our eight tools. Remember the toolbox? I do. I do. So again, you're going to laugh at how easy this seems, but no one does it, right? The best system seems simple. All right. So we're going to go one by one really quick and just talk these through. So if I'm putting my B2B Barbara in my head, let's talk about what each of these channels does. So you're going to ask yourselves on the website, How can we adjust the website this quarter to attract and nurture and bring that ideal customer further through the funnel? Or how do we better introduce ourselves to that ideal customer, right? Mm -hmm. Double check your welcome message and value prop. Maybe it's time to finally do that welcome video, right? Maybe it's finally time for that 30-second demo video. Okay, so again, you're talking about this as a team. Social media, let's review, especially with COVID. People are using social media differently. They're engaging differently. And then also very important is to think about where your customer is not. So this is where you give yourself permission to say, you know what, B2B Barbara probably isn't actually on TikTok. Let's stop wasting time there. Let's stop doing those things, right? Mm -hmm. 
email and text messages. I put those together. Again, you're asking yourself, do they even want this stuff? Are they opening it? Maybe, but is it a value or are we just emailing because we haven't talked to them in a while? Email for the sake of emailing. What was that? I have a quick question. Yeah. So is there a way that they can test or a, a good way to determine if this avatar would like email or what social they like, etc. Yeah, and this comes down to your data, Sarah, mm-hmm. that you mentioned. If you're not measuring stuff, you don't know what to do more of or more to do less of. So when we go into a deeper example where we actually do B2B Barbara, that's a great question. Maybe in the tracking and analytics section, that is your goal for the quarter is to set it up and get your baseline. Mm-hmm. Like, that is an amazing goal. Same question for PPC, you know, are ads appropriate now? Have you exhausted all of the different ad platforms? Do you want to try something new? And then SEO, you know, asking yourselves, what phrases is our target audience using? Remember, we're looking at semantic search these days. It's no longer about keyword stuffing. Do you have a system in place, perhaps, to write down how your customers are talking about what you do? It's often very surprising what the customer says you do or make versus what you say you do. We want to make sure those are aligned, right? So every quarter, it's good to kind of do a litmus test, right? Yeah. And then digital PR, there's always new events coming up. There's always new trade shows or conferences. Everything's online now. So if it's online, all of a sudden, the opportunities exploded. You don't have the expense of sending an entire team out to a conference for a speaking engagement. You don't have to do that anymore, right? Tons easier. All of a sudden, it's wide open. Um, So why not? And then content too. You know, this is a good opportunity every quarter. Go back to tracking, Sarah. Do we get any benefit from those infographics? Maybe you made a video and spent five grand on some animated explainer video. How many views did you get? Is that good? Is it bad? Should you not do those again? And then, of course, the goals, right? How are we going to track this? If you want to add tracking to email, those sorts of things, start brainstorming. Okay, so you with me on the, the basics? I am. Awesome. All right. Let's do one together if you're up for that. Yes. Awesome. All right. So let's talk about B2B Barbara. I am just making this up completely. I'm going to say she's a CFO or the head of the accounting department. And she is struggling with finance visibility in the departments. And by this, I mean, her team gets bugged all the time saying, Barbara, I don't know where I'm at with my budget. I forgot how to log into our portal. I need to do a PO, but I don't know if I have it or what the, the PO number needs to be. Help. So her team is spending a bunch of time just helping these other departments see where they're at budget wise. Mm -hmm. Pretty straightforward example. Yes. Yeah. So let's pretend that we are a software company that fixes that problem. Let's say we have these cool departmental dashboards that are super secure, easy for department heads to just bookmark and they can see exactly where they're at. Again, completely making this up. I'm invested. I'm into it. Right. All right. So let's talk about the website. Um, Each quarter, I definitely want to think, okay, what is B2B Barbara dealing with? Has anything shifted in the industry? Is it fiscal year end? Are there any things like that that need to come up that we need to add to the website? Are there additional pain points, right? And then I put some other ideas on here. Like, it's time to revisit that footer. Mm -hmm. Or maybe B2B Barbara, she needs help, but she's maybe a little tech savvy. I don't know, making that up. She probably wants to book with a salesperson by Calendly on her terms, on her schedule. She doesn't want to email back and forth 10 times to pick a time for a demo. 
I get that. I also hate that. (laughs) I do too. It is one of my pet peeves. Yeah. So, you know, I just added some ideas in here on how else, but if you ask yourself each quarter, what's going to happen to your website? It's going to get better every (laughs) single quarter. If you spend even 15 minutes and make a little bit improvement, that's that 1%, right? From Atomic Habits. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So you look at your customer profiles every quarter and think about how you can improve each of these assets based off of that. Absolutely. And it it might be something small, like adjusting the pain points or maybe adding a new testimonial to the homepage. If you don't stop every quarter and ask yourself, how can I make the website better for this ideal customer? Do you honestly think you're ever going to say, oh, we need to update the testimonial on our homepage? You're not going to think about it. And it's going to be a 10-year-old testimonial before you know it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It just doesn't, you know, it doesn't pop into your head unless you actually mark down on this day, I'm going to think about these things. (laughs) Right. And, you know, that's a good example because I do see that happen a lot. So um, let's pretend we're like the marketing manager at our fictional company here. If I'm a marketing manager and I tell my boss, hey, it's time to update that testimonial on the homepage, they're going to be impressed and think I'm being super proactive. I rather it go that way where I'm managing up and telling my boss what the priorities are rather than some board of directors person saying, dude, you guys, the homepage super outdated. Can we do something about this? Yes, um, completely agree. It's you're in a much better position when you are when you're being proactive on those things. Absolutely. Don't wait for the boss to say, hey, we need to update that. This exercise helps you be proactive, right? Mm hmm. Awesome. Okay, let's talk about social media. Again, like I mentioned, COVID has changed a lot of things. New social networks, Clubhouse, TikTok are pretty huge right now. Where is B2B Barber hanging out? Is it Pinterest? Maybe not. Is it Facebook, Instagram? Really narrow it down. And again, it's about where is she not as well. If you find you're spending a ton of time on Twitter, and that's not where your audience is, knock it off. I think, I don't know if I did the math with you last time, but I get pushback saying, oh, it only takes two minutes or a minute and a half to also post on Twitter. Add that up over the 20 working days in a month and it adds up to very real time. It's like, okay, you could either spend two hours on Twitter a month just posting for no particular reason, or you could have updated your homepage with a new testimonial, or you could have reached out to that client and done another webinar. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's really hard to stop doing things. You but do again, you test though, and you have to really look at those analytics to see where your audience is. Otherwise, you won't know. Absolutely. So, on social media, especially and the tracking analytics bucket, you know, one thing I really encourage is to all agree up front what that success looks like. Mm-hmm. So, if you say, Great, we are going to try Twitter for this quarter, this is our what we're going to do, we're going to post this many times. If we get less than X amount of either engagement or views or shares or whatever your metric might be, we are not going to do it moving forward. Mm -hmm. You've agreed up front, right? Because it's hard after you've been doing it for three months, it's hard to give it up. Yeah. You're like, well, maybe just one more month and we can see some progress. (laughs) Yes. That happens all the time. All the time. Yeah. We got to be brutal and very protective of our time. So you're basically creating some sort of contract on ROI. If we meet these benchmarks, then we're going to keep going. If not, mm. absolutely. That's how it works. Okay. So for email and text message, this is also, I get a visceral response when I say, Hey, stop emailing people. 
And they say, well, we've got like a 15% open rate. It's like, okay, that's not good. Yeah, right. That's not great. But and then they argue and argue and argue. It's like, is your time better spent elsewhere? I think you're just bugging people. If you're only getting 15% open rate, and you say, well, yeah, that means 500 people opened it. It's like, yes, but that also means you potentially annoyed everybody else. (laughs) You know, you don't know the damage you're doing. Yeah, that's true. I did another show where we talked about the pros and cons of email marketing. And one of them is, if you're doing it wrong, you're really alienating these people who could have been customers. (laughs) You really are. So ask yourself, is email the best way to get in touch with B2B Barbara? Probably not. She's probably getting 50 million emails a day, unless it's a huge value add and addressing her pain point. Maybe hold off. But then also think about, would she prefer text messages? Instead, like if she books a demo, do you want to put her in a nurture sequence for, you know, 10 email, a 10 email sequence or three? Maybe, maybe not. Text messaging might be better. Maybe she prefers that. And if you don't know, hey, ask on the form. If it's Calendly, you can ask. You can just ask her to get your reminders. Great. We'll just text message. Hey there, fellow entrepreneurs and B2B marketers. Before we dive back into the conversation, let me introduce you to a game changer in the lead generation arena, Lead Feeder. Now, we all know the struggle of identifying those elusive website visitors and turning them into valuable leads. But what if I told you there's a tool that not only promises, but delivers on supercharging your lead generation and sales efforts? Enter Lead Feeder. Imagine having the power to identify companies visiting your website, track their behavior in real time, and seamlessly integrate it all with your CRM. Lead Feeder is not just a tool, it's your secret weapon for efficient and targeted lead engagement. What sets Lead Feeder apart? It's the ability to provide detailed insights into visitor behavior, helping your sales team prioritize efforts and close deals faster. With customizable notifications, lead scoring, and GDPR compliance, Lead Feeder is changing the game. Ready to revolutionize your approach to leads and deals? Head over to leadfeeder.com for your free demo today. That's L-E-A-D-F-E-E-D-E-R.com. Don't miss out on the future of successful lead generation with Lead Feeder. Yeah, that's a good point. Right in the intake form when you're getting discovery calls or whatever you want to call them, you can yep. ask these types of questions and learn Absolutely. more about your audience. Yes. And then the other thing with email is I want to take a step back and remember marketing is the, you know, the four P's, classic product, price, place, and promotion. All of these, we generally think mostly in the promotion bucket, but email goes really deep. Think of it on your delivery side. After you've onboarded something with our new fictional finance software, Are you going to use email as a follow-up to get that testimonial? How Mm -hmm. can you use email or text messages to nurture and really delight that brand new customer? Create that loyalty. So if you go through the customer journey with each of these two, you can kind of start thinking deeper into that cycle. Like Mm -hmm. how awesome would it be if Barbara, you know, a week after getting the software, got a text message just saying, hey, I hope you're really enjoying this. You know, make sure you check out this cool feature. Or, you know, dripping that cool feature content to nurture her through learning the tool. 
Yeah. Email can be extremely effective if done correctly. Yes, agreed. And then, of course, PPC, this again, huge on your tracking, Sarah. What worked? Mm-hmm. And let's agree on what a good cost per click is. What is good for our industry? What have we seen in the past? What do we want to try that's new? You know, a lot of my clients have never done YouTube advertising before. Super cost effective. You know, it's worth giving it a try. The big piece on PPC, especially when we're trying new things, is you have to give it a legit try. Spending $250 on LinkedIn lead gen ads, not enough money. Not, you know, it's just (laughs) not not a legit try. Dedicate some time and money to doing a fair test and document that ahead of time. We are going to try XYZ for three months. Here is our budget. We've confirmed that this is a solid budget, you know, five grand over three months. And we expect to see, you know, maybe a $300 per LinkedIn lead. Mm -hmm. Kind of ballpark, like what success would look like. So you know if it, it went or failed. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So lots, again, what does B2B Barbara like? Does she watch YouTube videos? Is she on those trade publications, websites, perhaps? there? I'm sure there's a bunch of CFO trade journals. Do they sell ad banner ads on their sites? Most of them do. They all have sponsorships. What can we pay for? Maybe it's bylines. Yeah, bylines I've found have always been really effective. And um, like email blasts through these publications are always really great too. Banners, meh. Yeah, the the run of site ads, sometimes not so much, but agreed, those emails. So here's, this is email and PPC, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you're doing your big like promotion emails, it's better to pay a third party to be in their email list. Yep. Right? There's less risk involved. So you have a bigger audience. They're already engaged with that publication. So you're, they're more likely to open. It's a good way to, it's money well spent, I have found. Agreed. Completely agree. Great. On the SEO front, this is again, um, as part of your onboarding process with a new customer, or, you know, this is also talking to sales a whole bunch. How are customers talking about what you do? Do they say I'm having trouble with visibility in different departments to their finance? Or are they saying things like, why can't my department heads log into the freaking platform? Probably that one. They are. So let's talk like that. Right. We want our text and content to reflect what people are actually searching and looking for. Plain English. Mm-hmm. And a right? way to find some of these answers is to just Google what you think they're asking people and in internally, and then there'll be a list of related questions. And that makes it a lot easier. That's an awesome tip. Absolutely. <laughs> and then also on the SEO front, I put here um, every quarter, it's good to go look at your citations, your directory listings. When was the last time you updated your Google Maps, your Google My Business? Google My Business is so effective for B2B that are location-based. If you're not updating it, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Yes. And we've seen um, non-location-based clients do really, really well using the Google My Business post functionality. So we just put that as part of your blog publishing process. Anytime you're doing that, you also share it on Google My Business because that's showing up in Google. Like it's amazing. It's the first thing people see when they Google your solution. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So love that. And then maybe every quarter you find another directory. If you're looking at competitors, who is linking back to your competitors? Look through mm-hmm. that each quarter and say, huh, 
that's a new trade publication I didn't know about that is highlighting our cust- our competitor. Let's get in their directory. Yeah. And also fix the accessibility issues. I usually do it every month. I run those site health crawls, but every quarter at a bare minimum, every quarter for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I use SEMrush. Love it. It just auto crawls and sends me an email and says, here's you know new busted things or things to optimize for sure. Digital PR, um, Haro is successful for a lot of people that's help a reporter out. Maybe you're adding that. Maybe you've got some SMEs that are available to actually do press things all of a sudden, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's podcasts, conferences. Again, huge. Everything's online right now. Take advantage. Yeah, it takes away that friction that you might have had before where I don't have the time to travel to this conference or I don't have three days for this where now they're converted into webinars. And it's like, but do you have an hour? (laughs) Right. I was even looking at like Vistage, Provisors, there's B&I groups. A lot of them are now online and you can guest at any group. Yeah. And meetups is another option. If you go to meetups.com, there's a lot that are within different niche groups that could be your potential customer and they have speaking engagement opportunities like weekly. (laughs) Absolutely. That is brilliant. Yes. So if it's B2B Barbara and she's the CFO, surely there are some meetups all over the world, right? That are talking to CFOs in their specialty Mm -hmm. group. Just offer to give a little you know, not super salesy, of course, but put together a little presentation to help them out with something that is a pain point. That's absolutely brilliant, Sarah. I love that. Yeah. And they're always looking for speakers. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then content marketing, you know, can you do guest posts in those trade journals? We mentioned, you know, there's speaking gigs with trade publications and organizations. Guest post, they generally publish their media calendar way in advance. So you know what their topics are going to be mm-hmm. for 12 months. Yeah, they have a theme every month. Almost every single one does. So it's easy to pick out a, you know, to pitch for based on that theme. Absolutely. And of course, we have, you know, video clips, infographics. But again, it all comes down to what would resonate with B2B Barbara. Mm -hmm. Right? Does she want long form? She might be so freaking busy. She needs bullet points of value add. Great. Deliver that. Don't do a whole bunch of, you know, ebooks if she's not going to read it. Hey, friends, it's Sarah here, and I am just popping over to let you know that I don't just talk about marketing. I do marketing. If you're interested in working with tiny marketing to get crystal clear on how to market to your business, then you can hire me to create your strategic story and all-in-one messaging, marketing, and content strategy or become an authority to your target market by building your own media channels from podcasts to webinars to killer newsletters, I help you own the stage. That's right, friends. You can amplify your visibility, your authority, and become the go-to expert for your target audience, those dream clients. It all gets started with that 15-minute fit call. So here's your call to action. Go to the show notes page and get one scheduled now. Yeah, and maybe like your person, maybe B2B Barbara prefers video over reading because that's just something that she can consume quickly and while she's doing something else. That's exactly right. Uh, I, I know video is like the darling right now. 
I personally hate consuming video. When I need to learn how to do something or I have a problem, I do not want to watch a really long video. It's, it's like, um, I'm sure everyone's seen recipes online. <laughs> Every single recipe has this huge, You know what I'm talking about. It's got this huge backstory. It's like, dude, I've got grumpy kids. I just need something I can make in 30 minutes. I don't care it through great grandmother's recipe. Yes. I complain about that like every night at 6 p.m. when I'm on Pinterest trying to find the ingredients for this thing that I pinned. Yes. So that's actually a good example. If we were content marketers and we were thinking, okay, our ideal customer for a recipe, I want one click to add all of those ingredients to my Instacart, right? I don't want to deal with, or, you know, my Amazon, whatever. I don't want to think about it. I just want it in there. And I want the recipe super simple. I don't want to scroll through ads on my mobile phone when I'm cooking the damn thing. Yes. Yes. Recipe sites are notorious for that. The pop-up video ads. (laughs) But yeah. And going back to this, think about the way people like to consume their education. Like, for example, I like all three mediums, like podcasts on the go, but I'll use a video and have it playing while I'm doing something. So it's like a tutorial. Yep. And then when I want to learn something long form, it's usually an article I go to. Absolutely. So that is exactly how we address this. B2B Barbara, every quarter, what do we want to try? How do we want to get her what she needs? And maybe the content marketing task for the quarter isn't so much of creating something. Maybe it's asking. Mm-hmm. Okay, this quarter, we're going to have every account manager call three customers that fit this persona and ask, yeah. hey, you prefer videos? Do you like bullet points? Do you want a how-to guide? Like, what is it? And just talk it out. Yeah, that's a really good point. Interviewing your customers is something a lot of us are afraid to do. but. Right they don't mind doing it, especially if you're having these meetings anyway on a regular cadence with them. Just tack it on five minutes at the end. (laughs) Right. And what a great touch point too. You're calling them not to sell them something. You're calling to say, how can I serve you better? Who Mm -hmm. doesn't like to get that call? Yeah. I'm happy to tell you what I like. (laughs) Yes. And what I hate. Like, hey, I haven't read a single one of your emails this whole quarter. Stop emailing me. That is great feedback. It's like, great, Barbara. Now I have an hour back of my time every week. (laughs) Love it. And then we've mentioned tracking analytics so many times, but it is a great time to check in with our data. What are we not tracking? What should we add to our um, KPIs here on out? You know, if you're running on EOS, great time to review your, your marketing rocks, your KPIs. What do we need to look at here? Are there metrics we wish we had, but we didn't have tools set up to track it? Still a lot of B2B companies, they don't have call tracking because the volume is too little. Call rail is so great. It's, oh, I, yeah, I use that for a lot of my clients, call rail. You get so much information from it. Yes, they're, they have that dynamic call tracking, which mm-hmm. is absolutely magical. And for anyone who hasn't heard of that, it basically swaps out the phone number on your website based on where the caller is from. So if they came from a Facebook ad or LinkedIn ad, hit your website and then called. In Google Analytics, I get to see we got you know 10 phone calls this past week from our LinkedIn ad. Yeah. And you can see how long that call was. You could even listen to the call if you want to. So then you have a real good idea. Are these people calling and they're like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was and hanging up? Or are these like good leads? Right. This goes back to B2B Barbara. Is it Barbara's calling 
or is it the wrong market? Because wow, what a quick way to change your messaging. Yeah, it's a really fast and efficient way to understand what marketing makes sense for you. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, So again, tracking and analytics, what do you need to track this quarter? So do you see how this kind of all comes together? I do. Normally, yeah, it's awesome. Normally when I do this, I've got actually a huge spreadsheet and we brainstorm. Most of the time, it takes about two days, two hours the first day, two hours the second day. I like splitting it because if you're wired like me, I'm an INTJ, meaning I have to sleep and stew on things and I'll come up with ideas overnight. So I do like to split it. So first day, I do a bunch of brainstorming, document it all. Second day, you review that brainstorm and then you start prioritizing. This is where it gets really fun. The next quarter you do it, you've already got your seed list. You've already got a ton of ideas. So you're just adding and reprioritizing. You can't do it all. In your spreadsheet, do you have the tasks that you want to try that quarter? And then like the benchmarks that you want to reach? Yep. So then you could be like, nope, this did not meet that. We're cutting that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then, you know, you've got your little cheat sheet. Like, obviously, this is spreadsheet when you really do it. All you're going to do at the end of the brainstorm on day two is decide which items are actually doable. And this is where you have to be freaking brutal. Mm -hmm. Every time I ask a client, how much time do you have a week for new initiatives? They all say, oh, this is really important. I could do five to 10 hours a week. In my brain, I'm thinking you're full of it. I'll be lucky to get two hours out of you. So I like to do two rounds. Round one, we say, okay, these are all of the high pie priority items. And then I cut it in half. And Mm -hmm. I say, great, you're going to pick half of these. And that goes on your your quarterly to do. So yeah, be brutal. So is there a general rule of thumb of how many you want to try? How many you want to aim for that are realistic? It kind of depends on where your marketing department is. Because obviously, the more tactics you bring online, the more management and maintenance. Mm -hmm. those tactics take, right? If you've never been on social media before, it's going to be quite a bit to add one, add a new platform, right? So it kind of depends on your staffing, for sure. But if you're doing this well, Sarah, and you kept bringing this up, if you're looking at your data also every quarter, you should be shutting things off, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever failed last quarter, we learn from it and say, okay, we are not going to spend any more time on Twitter, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay, that freed up you know, two hours a month, or we're going to cut our email campaigns in half. Great. That freed up another five hours a month. So you might be okay. See what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You switch it out. That makes sense. Yeah. As your staff starts maxing out their capacity, then it just becomes, okay, where are we going to streamline? Where are we going to cut back to do more of what's working, less of what's not? In those conversations, they are incredibly difficult because of the fear involved of shutting mm-hmm. something off. Yeah. So if you have multiple avatars that you're looking at, do you do this for every avatar? Yes. The brainstorm is really important to do with one avatar in mind. Mm-hmm. Just one. Otherwise, you might start going way off the rails. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you could yeah. just add way too much to your plate if you're looking at like your three ideal customers. Exactly. But when you do your spreadsheet, like if you're tracking this, all of your brainstorm do one at a time. But when you do your prioritization, you're going to want to look at all of the tasks together. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if you don't do it all, but something is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. If you pick one thing a quarter, 
great. At least you've considered all of the tools that you could use to reach B2B Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. So when a boss pushes back and says, hey, did you consider this? Chances are you can go to your spreadsheet and say, yes, we had a whole discussion about this last quarter. And we decided that this other item was a higher priority. Yeah. And it's always nice when you can go back on record and and give that information. Yes. And my other favorite thing about documenting the brainstorm is when inevitably the boss does come up with a shiny object, you can confidently say, hey, you know what, boss ABC? That is a fantastic idea. I'm going to put that in our discussion list for our next quarterly meeting because I think that's a fantastic idea. Your boss feels heard, they feel validated, and it goes on the list for a true discussion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that lets you stay focused on that quarter, on the priorities that you have already decided. And then you can look at it next quarter. It might be a good bet. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it seems so simple, yet not many companies take the time to do it. But when they do, oh my goodness, do they move forward way faster. Yeah, so it makes sense to put this on your calendar each quarter. So you have that time blocked off and you don't say, oh, I'll get to it next week. I'll get to it next week. Just plan it quarterly in advance that you're going to be doing this. Absolutely. Yep. It's so fun. I mean, if you're if your team is in person, I it's fun doing happy hour for the brainstorm. You know, it, I hate to say it, but happy hour loosens people up. It sets the tone that it's really fun brainstorming time. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. Now I have to think about like, how do you do that with a virtual department? Because so many people are still virtual and might remain that way. Yes, yes, yes. I make it fun still. There's a way. There is not to pitch someone else, but a gal, Tova Sterling, she's amazing. And she actually does virtual like event boxes. So they arrive at the same time and everyone opens them together. So (laughs) it could have like little mixer kits in it. So you can have your own happy hour. Super yeah, fun. Good idea. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's like it's affordable. It's not bad. It's like what a nice way to set the tone every quarter and kind of reset. Yeah, that would be fun and yes. work. <laughs> it is. It is. So do you have any questions on this? I mean, it's I just think it's so fun. But again, not many people do it. No, I think this is an amazing idea. And I honestly even with our last video, I rewatch it. It's my own <laughs> live stream video. And I rewatch and I'm like, Oh, yeah, I need to make this checklist for the promoting all of these things 80% promotion. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So if anybody has any questions in the on demand version of this, tag us, and we'll answer you. We'll still see it. And thank you so much for joining me. Is there anything else that you want to say before you hop off? Um, No, I do have those Excel sheets. If people want to do this, I am more than happy to send you just kind of the basic Excel spreadsheet that I use for the brainstorm. More than happy to share any of those resources. Okay, perfect. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. All right. I really love Michelle. Whenever she comes on the show, I learn so much from her. And we just, we vibe because we love a good system. And don't forget, if you liked this, you will like our weekly newsletter where we give you actionable advice that you can implement today. It is saranoablock.com slash newsletter to sign up. It's usually in the descriptions and you would get it every Tuesday afternoon without fail. Thank you so much for joining me today and I will see you next week. 
Thank you for joining Tiny Marketing. I help tiny marketing departments create consistent content that builds trust with your audience. Get one month of content in one week by visiting sarahwellblock.com. And take what you learned today and apply it to your tiny marketing department to see the growth that you deserve. Don't forget to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button. We'll see you next time.